competing with your spouse, is it good? Is it bad? Or like us, if you're playing mini golf, it's just plain ugly. Well, at least as ugly as Caleb's putting skills. Oh, snap. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, We've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a superior episode for you this week. This is episode number 199. And today we're going to be talking about competing with your spouse. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed why a child-centered family is bad for everyone. We've had some good feedback on the last couple episodes. Have you? Oh, awesome. So make sure you go back and check that out. Also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of competing with your spouse. Sure. You know, I was thinking before we jump in here, though, is yeah. I was thinking the other day, I don't know if we've mentioned on the show our cruise very much. Oh, yeah. Because we've been advertising on Facebook and to our email yeah. list and yeah. so on. So February, I think it's 23rd, 2019, we have another cruise going out. It's uh, eight days, seven nights, and we've had... Uh, we had absolutely, uh, say, like really good, solid feedback from our yeah, previous cruise. We so we're actually using the same content. We've changed uh, some of the details of the cruise to make it work better, even better than last time. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are doing this again. If you want to uh, hear more of our teaching on marriage and have a marriage changing experience for the better. And just an all round nice time in February in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I'm going. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're going. That's good to hear. Anyways, if you want to hear more about that, head on over to oyf.link slash cruise. oyf.link slash cruise. You can pull that up in your web browser and your you phone. You need to repeat it one more time because I know on the radio when they say a, a phone number, they always say it three times. Oh, it's so annoying. I know, but it's oyf.link slash cruise. That's oyf.link slash cruise. Once Remember. again. <laughs> All right, let's stop annoying people. Okay. Just come on our cruise. We want to know you there. Well, we'll try not to. <laughs> We might. Okay. There's, so there's two kinds of competitiveness as okay. far as it, uh, you know, it being a personality trait. The first is competing to win, which is about being highly competitive. And we're going to just drop a couple terms here and then kind of go through competitiveness using these terms. So okay. just stay with me for the definitions, folks. Competing to win is about being highly competitive because you enjoy winning and beating other people. Now, at extreme levels, competing to win is called hyper-competitiveness, which is an indiscriminate need to compete and succeed at any cost. It's me okay. quoting a definition from the research there. And then there's also competing to excel, which is different, right? So this is about being highly competitive, which both of them are, but this is being highly competitive in order to surpass your personal goals and to grow as a person. Hmm. So in effect, you're competing with yourself. It also gets called personal develop competitiveness. So we're going to talk about competing to excel first, which that's, is what we just defined. That's kind of like working out. Like you try yep. and lift a heavier weight next time, but it doesn't matter what the person beside you is lifting. Yeah. So you can kind of see where we're going already. Competing to excel healthy, competing to win. We need to just kind of raise some question marks over that one, which okay. we'll get into. Now, 
they're going to have different causes, like mm-hmm. why we are competitive in those ways or not. And they're going to impact marriages differently. And in the research for this, neither style is directly linked to marital satisfaction, but each one does create behaviors and attitudes that do have a very real impact on marriage and on other relationships as well. Okay. So uh, let's start with competing to excel. Competing to excel, which is just where you enjoy winning. Uh, sorry, you enjoy or you're trying to surpass your personal goals and grow as a person. Mm-hmm. So this is simply more geared towards individual accomplishment and doing the best you can rather than just being motivated to beat the person beside you. Right. So and, less comparison. Yeah. And since this form of competitiveness is not dependent on other people losing in order for you to win, it doesn't lead to negative forms of competition. It is positively linked to collaboration and a sense of communal connectedness. Like we're in this together. It doesn't take away from it a sense of team. Oh, okay. Okay. So the issue here, Verlinda, in the research is that there's no research that directly nails competitiveness to marital satisfaction. So we have to go through these intermediate factors. Oh, Gotcha. And then make the connections. Okay. And it's, it's pretty obvious when you do. So just then transferring this into marriage, it makes couples more likely to adopt a joint perspective and to resolve conflict in ways that benefit both spouses. So if, if I have this kind of competitiveness and we're in conflict, mm-hmm. it's about personal development and growth. So I don't have to crush you in order to feel good coming out of this conflict. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So competing to excel is also linked to positive personality traits and behaviors that are good for marriage, such as high self-esteem, lower rates of depression, higher positivity, higher resilience to adversity, better ability to cope with bad circumstances, higher desire to learn new skills and improve as a person, higher internal motivation leading to better performance in areas such as work. Hmm. Which are all very positive things. Right. So that that kind of competitiveness in marriage is not really something that will typically come between the spouses. Mm. It's healthy. And not all couples or even spouses within a coupleship will have even the same level of that competitiveness, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one person's drive to compete to to excel might be higher than the others. That's okay. Or they might be both very high or both lower. It's not the issue. It's just saying that this is healthy. And stronger is not better and less is not better. It's just whatever your personality is. Okay. Okay? Now, going over to the unhealthy side, competing to win is a little more nuanced. There's still some positives here, but there's some potential issues, some of which are significant. Now, again, like we don't want to make this all bad, right? A desire to win and to succeed is a basic human motivation. Mm -hmm. Some level of desire to win and to do well is required to function in most areas of life because it provides motivation. It's just, you know, that kind of drive thing, right? But think about this in a marriage context. Healthy levels of competing to win within a marriage are probably harmless, maybe even fun as well. mini golf. Sorry. That gets a little edgy sometimes. <laughs> but it's not our whole life. It's just right. we go and we have fun and we argue. and Right. And But even kind of coming outside the mini golf realm, a little bit of competitiveness to win might be good for marital satisfaction if both spouses share it equally. Oh, okay. Possibly. Now, a researcher in 2015 examined couples who participated in competitive sports as a shared leisure activity. He found that couples who were evenly matched in skill level had a high satisfaction with their leisure time leading to high marital satisfaction. Hmm. He concluded that these couples would enjoy the challenge of playing against each other and take satisfaction from their victories as opposed to couples where one spouse always won easily. Hmm. Of course, if we're playing tennis and I whoop you every time, like how long are you going to play tennis with me for, right? Not very long. Right. I'm surprised you still play mini golf with me. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't be. Oh, 
<laughs> so the same research also found that in couples where the wife had a much higher oh. skill level than the husband, hmm. satisfaction with the leisure would be low, which is why I continue to play golf. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Leading right. to lower marital satisfaction. <laughs> now, this reflects the researcher's interpretation was that this reflects the fact that men are often more competitive than women. So for these husbands, repeatedly losing to their wives would be a big deal. That must be so hard for you, honey. No, no. It's for men that repeatedly lose to their wives. <laughs> uh-huh. So this is competing to win. So I think there's still, even in this, uh, you know, the competing to win arena, it can still be good, right? As long as... Like you have to understand that if you're always beating your spouse at whatever you're competing on, that it's going to get tiring after a while. Mm-hmm. It's going to get old. Mm-hmm. But when you're evenly matched and you play against each other and you challenge each other and and it's done in a healthy spirit of competition, it's okay. So how do you know? Well, you have to talk about it. Ooh, imagine that. But yeah. it kind of reminds me of like a joke. We always tell the kids, it's only a joke if both people are laughing. Right. And so I think here, like... Okay, it's only going to be healthy competitiveness if both people are enjoying it. If both find it healthy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So it's kind of striking the right balance, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to talk about hyper-competitive next. But even so this in, isn't even hyper-competitive. No, but yet. even in this one, it does get a little nuanced because you got to watch for the balance thing and, and that, other, that other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What other stuff? Just that you're both finding it healthy, that you balance for both of you. Okay. That you're not getting like, you're, out of hand. Yeah, and you're interpreting your winning and losing in the right frame of mind. Right, mm, not like you're not a loser. Necessarily taking it personally, like you do when we play mini golf. So, who takes it personally? What are you doing right now? I'm just pointing out <laughs> an error in your logic. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> We're both sitting here with our arms crossed, silent. <laughs> Keep going. We haven't even played mini golf in like a year. I know. So resentful about it. Well, you know, for other people who struggle with these kinds of issues. <laughs> Where there's, if you want to strike the right balance, our bonus guide this week is going to help you do just that by taking you through the conversations you need to have. You should do this before our next <laughs> mini golf game, Berlinda. In order to make sure your competitiveness is healthy and mutually enjoyable. Now, I think folks can hear us on the radio or show or whatever this thing is called, that we in, we actually enjoy the dissing as much as maybe even more than, than the, the game actual mini golf. Itself, That's right? true. Yes. Should we tell them about our squash competitions? Oh, no. No, we're not going to tell you about that. You can get this by becoming a patron <laughs> no, of the No, they marriage. can't get the squash competitions. Oh, but that's something they might sign up for. <laughs> I'm sure that's they a would. good story. <laughs> you can get the bonus guide for working on through this competitiveness issue and helping you have those conversations that we talked about by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about competing to win and some other things. 
including some forms that are healthy for marriage and a few things to watch out for. Now, let's talk about hyper-competitiveness. Now, this is where we get into the, ooh, you got to be careful there stuff. Mm, okay. So an extreme desire to win at any cost is often related to serious self-esteem issues. Hmm. Think that one through. Makes sense. Right. Like I can't lose. Yes. Huh. Thornton et al. in 2011 argued in their paper that hyper-competitiveness often stems from damaged parent-child relationships in which the parent either neglects or abuses the child. This leads the child to have a neurotic need to prove their worth at the expense of others in order to maintain their self-esteem. Hmm. Interesting. Now, that's an extreme situation. I think you can still get people that are too competitive that are not hyper-competitive, but they're too competitive coming out of relatively healthy families, but maybe there was a huge emphasis in the family on winning in order to get mm, approval, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that would be a milder, but still a possibly unhelpful form of hyper-competitiveness. Okay. In that, but back to the extreme side, due to the underlying abusive parent-child relationship, the child comes to see other people as a threat. So that fosters mm. a hyper-competitive need to win and assert their dominance as a way of coping with the anxiety like the, the anxiety of the threat. So I can reduce the threat by dominating it. So I always Ooh. have to win. Okay. Always have to win. Okay. That's not the only possible cause, of course. Another potential source for hyper-competitiveness is perfectionism. This comes from hmm. another study and ties more to what I was just saying uh, as an alternative, that being raised in a family where love and affection from your parents was dependent on whether you succeed or not can lead to a strong need to prove your worth and succeed in order to feel valued. Oh, Interesting. So you could see an adult coming out of that kind of childhood, holding on to the belief that they need to be the best in an attempt to bolster their sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. need to win. And you, like I'll get approval from people if I win. Yeah, I need to win in order to feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could easily lead to hyper-competitiveness. Now, hyper-competitiveness is linked to a wide range of negative behaviors and attitudes and traits, all of which negatively impact marriage. So I'll give you a list here. And as I read it, just think about how well or not these traits and attitudes are going to work in marriage. Number one, high levels of hostility and aggression toward others. Okay, so just repeat again. So what is causing this or what is... Hyper-competitiveness is linked to these behaviors. It's linked to these. And okay. attitudes and okay. traits. Okay. And so, yeah, you can, in your mind, you can kind of make one connection to the hyper-competitiveness, but in your, in the other side of your brain, just think about how this is going to work in marriage. Okay, so the first one was high levels of hostility and aggression, obviously. Because you have to win. Yes, Okay. And it may not be like this all the time, but just in certain situations, like why are you freaking out on me during our golf kind of thing? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't actually do this, but I'm just providing right. that as yep. a context, right? Yeah. Like it'd be over the top for the situation. Yes. Number two, willingness to exploit or manipulate others in order to win. Oh, like cheating in a board game? Number three, high need to control or dominate others. Hmm. Number four, tendency to engage in manipulative image management to present a certain view of themselves. Oh. Number five, low in trust. Number six, high in jealousy. Number seven, low in forgiveness. Number eight, high in narcissism. Hmm. Number nine, low in self-actualization, which is the ability to meet one's own goals and needs. So you're actually surprisingly ineffective, so you have to overcompensate by being super competitive. Oh, Number oh 10, goodness. low ability to provide emotional support to your spouse. Number 11, willingness to inflict emotional pain on spouse. Just so that you're winning. Yes. Wow. Okay. So 
As you might expect, relationships characterized by hyper-competitiveness are often very, very dysfunctional, showing high levels of conflict. And in these relationships, commitment is often based on jealousy and possessiveness rather than real love and affection. Oh. Very, very potentially super toxic, right? Yeah, not healthy. So what do you do if you're hyper-competitive or even just too competitive? The first suggestion is to work on better conflict resolution skills. And this is something that one of our therapists at Only You Forever can help you out with. Uh, researchers, again, in another study in 2018, found that the link between hyper-competitiveness and distress was partly mediated by negative problem-solving orientation. I don't even know what that means. Well, just, uh, okay, let me go this way. Within marriage, it means that a big part of the distress you're experiencing may be caused by hyper-competitiveness. It comes from having unhelpful conflict styles. So the link between how competitive you are and the distress that you experience from that was partly is partly governed by this problem-solving ability that's in the middle. So generally speaking, if you're hyper-competitive, you don't have a good problem-solving set. You just have to crush the other person. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I'd say. So you can imagine again how that's not going to work well in marriage, right? No. What, what you need to, to do in order to come to healthy competition but not cause distress is find some better ways to solve problems than just win at all costs. Hmm. Which, you know, plain language in marriage, you know, it's learning to do some give and take. Right, right. But you can you can see how that would be hard if you were brought up in a family where the only approval you got was when you won. Right. Like that would be really hard to turn around and like give. Yeah. A little bit. Or go into that mucky middle of uh-huh. giving and taking. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now, another suggestion because like I don't think for Linda, we're, we're trying to talk people out of competitiveness in this episode. That's not the goal No, yeah, I agree. You and I are not terribly competitive, generally. Generally, yeah. Well, except for mini golf, but... Right. But some couples are. Like, we have good friends that are very competitive. And I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that that's a problem. That's just their personality and they're well-suited to each other. Okay. Right? So, but in the case of hyper-competitiveness, you're likely to have issues. That probably is a problem. So can you move your hyper-competitiveness towards healthier competitiveness? Okay. So we're not going for no competitiveness. Why don't you say like competition or something? I know, it's such a difficult <laughs> word. But unhealthy forms of competitiveness are often rooted in poor self-esteem or anxiety or the belief that you need to win in order to be valued, like we said. Mm-hmm. So working on those issues within the marriage can help you transition from hyper-competitiveness to a healthier form of competing in order to excel. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're so. not saying you have to drop this part of your personality. We're saying, can we move it towards a healthier place? Okay. And of course, there's more on that in the bonus guide, but the basic idea is to pursue healing for kind of the, the underlying yearnings or needs mm-hmm. so that you come to your competitiveness from a place of fullness rather than deep neediness, hmm. which your spouse has to try to meet by, you know, losing in the way that you want them to lose. Oh, that sounds so terrible. Well, this is, it is. In this context, it's, yeah. it's, it can be quite brutal, huh. frankly. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So if you can bring it to a healthier place of fullness, I mean, the couples can still compete. Right. But winning and losing doesn't become such a big deal. It becomes more mutual. And okay. the process of whatever you're competing over, like the game of tennis, becomes enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Sound good? I think so. All right, let's wrap this Lots up. To think about. All right. Well, thank you to Michael and AJ and Sherry for becoming patrons between this recording and our previous one. 
We sure appreciate the support of all our patrons. And we have an iTunes review, Caleb. This is from James in Oxford, who says, Sensitive, precise, and encouraging. Five stars. I enjoy how specific the episodes are. This has helped me to think more carefully about the different challenges a marriage faces, rather than feeling overwhelmed by a general discouragement. That's very interesting. Yeah. Both hosts are very skilled communicators who are sensitive and helpfully professional. Thanks. Kudos. So thanks, James. Yeah, I appreciate your feedback and taking time to leave that review for us. Mm-hmm. Next week. Next week, we're talking about how working from home impacts marriage. And that is going to be episode number... 200. Yes. Oh, my dear. So are we just talking about this from like our own experience or is there actually going to be research in here? Uh, both. Huh, cool. Well, we that- actually had this... Oh. Sorry. We had this as a request from... Oh, did for we? a topic. Yeah, we did. Okay. And I thought, you know what? This is kind of what we do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's episode 200. So we'll just kind of bring it all together. Sweet. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can look forward to episode number 200 next week if we get it recorded. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 199. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oyf.support. That's oyf.support. oyf.support. <laughs> oh, that was so painful. <laughs> Thanks. And we'll see you next week. If we survive our next game of mini golf. <laughs> the Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.